0: Evidence and Answers. Why does the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints use a different book in their teachings? What does the Book of Mormon say about God, Jesus Christ, and salvation? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's episode of Evidence and Answers, we will continue on with a study we started the last time we were together regarding the Book of Mormon
1: and what it says. Now with the conclusion to this study is Pat Zucran. The apostles remained consistent in their teaching and never fell into any type of apostasy or rejected their faith in Jesus Christ. Their lives were marked by honesty and integrity. They were never indicted for any criminal activity except for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ the character of the Book of Mormon's eleven witnesses do not strengthen Smith's defense but cast further doubt into the authenticity of his account of the Book of Mormon now another key area to examine regarding the Book of Mormon is archaeology and the Book of Mormon archaeology is a great test to see if a book is a historical work. Since the Book of Mormon claims to be a historical work, does it have the archaeological evidence to back up its claims? According to the Book of Mormon, Jews migrated from the Middle East to Central and South America and established great civilization on the continents of North and South America. The Book of Mormon states that large cities were built so that by 322 AD, The whole face of the land had become covered with buildings and the people were as numerous almost as it were the sand of the sea. So in the Book of Mormon one of the books is called Mormon chapter 1 verse 7. This is a direct quote. The population of Israelites in North and South America had become vast. It says here as the sands of the sea and that buildings and great civilizations were there throughout North and South America. In fact, according to the Book of Mormon, 38 cities are specifically mentioned in the Book of Mormon. Also, in that final battle between the righteous Nephites and the wicked Lamanites, it states that nearly 230,000 Nephites were killed near the hills of Cumorah in New York. Mormon apostle Orson Pratt believed that the Lamanites gathered by the millions at the battle of the hill of Cumorah. Mormon apostle Bruce R. McConkie agreed with this assessment when he wrote, Neither the Nephites nor the Jaredites repented when rivers of blood flowed on their battlefields and millions of their number were slain by the sword. So with populations that great, with that many vast cities throughout North and South America, we should expect to find an abundance of archaeological evidence of these people and these civilizations. However, one thing that has frustrated Mormon archaeologists is that there is no evidence to validate the claims of the Book of Mormon. In fact, the Smithsonian Institute in a letter to the Mormon Church states, The Smithsonian Institution has never used the Book of Mormon in any way as a scientific guide. Smithsonian archaeologists see no connection between the archaeology of the New World and the subject matter of the book. The National Geographic Society writes this, With regard to the cities mentioned in the Book of Mormon, neither representatives of the National Geographic Society nor archaeologists connected with any other institution of equal prestige has ever considered the Book of Mormon in locating historic ruins in Middle America or elsewhere. So here are two letters from some of the most prestigious historical societies stating that the Book of Mormon is not used in any kind of historical way. Even Mormon archaeologists admit that there is no conclusive evidence to support the Book of Mormon. Dr. Hugh Nibley, a Mormon apologist, states in his book Since Cumorah, he writes, that no real archaeological proof for the Nephite civilization exists. He writes regarding the Nephites, All that we have to go on to date is a written history. There is nothing, whatever, that an anthropologist or archaeologist as such can say about the Book of Mormon. D. Green, professor of anthropology at Weber State University, and a very respected Mormon scholar states, the first myth we must eliminate is that Book of Mormon archaeology exists. No Book of Mormon location is known with reference to modern topography. Biblical archaeology can be studied because we do know where Jerusalem and Jericho were and are, but we do not know where Tsar Helma and Bountiful or any other location for that matter were or are. It would seem that a concentration on geography should be the first order of business, but years of such an approach has left us empty-handed. Another prominent Mormon scholar, B.H. Roberts, he was described as one of the most valiant writers and speakers in defense of the Book of Mormon. However, after years of research, he concluded at the end of his life that the Book of Mormon was a fictional work created by Joseph Smith. He wrote, the evidence I sorrowfully submit points to Joseph Smith as their creator. It is difficult to believe that they are the product of history, that they come upon the scene separated by long periods of time, and among a race which was the ancestral race of the red man of America. Another prominent defender of the Book of Mormon was Thomas Ferguson, who was president of the New World Archaeological Foundation which was funded by the Brigham Young University and the Mormon Church. He hoped to discover archaeological support for the Book of Mormon. In 1962, he announced, Powerful evidences sustaining the book are accumulating. However, after years of research and many fruitless expeditions, his original hopes were completely shattered. He eventually wrote, With all these great efforts, it cannot be established factually that anyone from Joseph Smith to the present day has put his finger on a single point of terrain that was a Book of Mormon geographical place. And the hemisphere has been pretty well checked out by competent people. I must agree with D. Green, who has told us that to date there's no Book of Mormon geography. I, for one, would be happy if D. were wrong. So, that are some of the comments by some of the most prominent. Mormon archaeologist and apologist of the Book of Mormon. You know, one interesting thing to notice, when you look in our Bibles, you'll see a map. In fact, you'll see several maps in most of your Bibles locating and telling you where these ancient biblical cities are because we have discovered them and done a lot of excavations in those areas. When you come to the Book of Mormon, look for a map. Look for a map that shows you where all these cities and locations of these sites are, and you'll discover something interesting. You won't find a map in the Book of Mormon. This should have us questioning, once again, the historical veracity of the Book of Mormon. Another prominent area of study, and one that has made a lot of news throughout the world, is the DNA study as it relates to the Book of Mormon. Now remember, according to the Book of Mormon, a Hebrew man named Lehi sees a vision of the destruction of Jerusalem at the hands of the Babylonians, which will occur around 600 B.C. Seeing this then, he flees with his family and other Jews to America, where they grow into a significant population and establish vast cities. Now according to the Book of Mormon, the American Indians then are the descendants of the Israelites. Since 1981, the introduction to the Book of Mormon stated that the Lamanites are the principal ancestors of the American Indians. In other words, the American Indians, then, are the descendants of the Jewish people. However, in 2007, the Latter-day Saints Church changed the wording to say that the Lamanites are now merely among the ancestors of the American Indians. In the sacred Doctrine and Covenants, one of what is believed to be a divinely inspired book, one of the sacred books in Mormonism. In section 19, it states, Which is my word to the Gentile, that soon it may go to the Jew, of whom the Lamanites are a remnant, that they may believe the gospel, and look not for a Messiah to come, who has already come. The title page to the Book of Mormon states, that this is an abridgment of the record of the people of Nephi and also of the Lamanite written to the Lamanites which are remnant of the house of Israel. We're told in the Book of Mormon that Nephi was the son of Lehi who came out of the land of Jerusalem who was a descendant of Manasseh. That's in the Book of Alma chapter 10 verse 3. In 2 Nephi chapter 30 states that Nephi... One of the primary characters in the Book of Mormon made it clear that the people mentioned in the Book of Mormon are the descendants of the Jews. Now, this key belief that the American Indians are the descendants of the Israelites has suffered a tremendous setback to its credibility after a recent DNA testing of the American Indians. In the book American Apocrypha, an essay titled Lamanite, Genesis, Genealogy, and Genetics, written by anthropologist and Mormon church member Thomas W. Murphy, he states that the DNA evidence does not support the Book of Mormon. He states, So far, DNA research has lent no support to the traditional Mormon beliefs about the origins of Native Americans. Instead, genetic data, have confirmed that migrations from Asia are the primary source of American Indian origins. He later goes on to say, While DNA shows that ultimately all human populations are closely related, to date, no intimate genetic link has been found between ancient Israelites and indigenous Americans, much less within the time frame suggested in the Book of Mormon. Murphy also cites the work of several other experts in the field of anthropology and genetics, including that of Michael Crawford, a biological anthropologist at the University of Kansas. Crawford writes, I don't think there is one iota of evidence that suggests a lost tribe from Israel made it all the way to the New World. It is a great story slain by ugly fact. Murphy says that Crawford's work shows that Ameri-Israelite Lamanites could not possibly have been the principal ancestors of the American Indians, as claimed in the current introduction of the Book of Mormon. Murphy also mentions Oxford geneticist Brian Sykes and Russian geneticist Miroslav Dorenko, who have substantiated Crawford's conclusion through agreement that the Indian gene pool is Siberian, not Middle Eastern. So the scientific research shows that the american indians are most likely from asia and there's no evidence that they are descendants of middle eastern people mormon apologists have tried to offer answers but the dna studies are another blow to the historical credibility of the book of mormon in contrast biblical archaeology has provided thousands of discoveries that had confirmed biblical references Hundreds of ancient civilizations, artifacts, historical records, and inscriptions have been discovered that prove the historical accuracy of the Bible. Archaeological discoveries confirming biblical accounts have been acknowledged by Christians as well as skeptics. Foremost Middle East archaeologist Dr. William Albright wrote, Discovery after discovery has established the accuracy of innumerable details and has brought increased recognition to the value of the Bible as a source of history. When asked if archaeology confirms the accuracy of the New Testament, scholar John McCray states, oh, there is no question that the credibility of the New Testament is enhanced by archaeology. A historical faith should have historical evidence to support its claims historical research has led both christians and skeptics to affirm the historical integrity of the bible however historical research has proved damaging for the book of mormon now if we look within the book of mormon itself we also discover some serious challenges to the credibility of his claim to be a divinely inspired book mormonism claims that the book of mormon is the most perfect book ever written Joseph Smith stated, I told the brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than any other book. Since God does not contradict himself, then we should not find, therefore, any serious errors in the Book of Mormon. However, when you look through the Book of Mormon, you find several errors throughout the book. For example, in Mormon chapter 9, verse 32, claims that the Book of Mormon was written in Reformed Egyptian, but Egyptologists all agree there's no such thing as Reformed Egyptian. That language does not exist. Here's another historical error. In Alma chapter 7, verse 10, it states, And behold, he shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem which is the land of our forefathers she being a virgin a precious and chosen vessel who shall be overshadowed and conceived by the power of the holy ghost and bring forth a son yea even the son of god so here in alma chapter 7 it states that jesus is to be born in the city of jerusalem and we know according to the bible jesus was not born in jerusalem but in the city of bethlehem here now Mormons will point and say, well, Jerusalem here is called the land, not a city. However, if you look at the context and the way Jerusalem is used, it indicates that it was speaking of the city of Jerusalem. Here's another historical error. In Alma, chapter 46, verse 15, it says the saved in America took on the name Christian. But if you look at the date, they took on the name Christian in 73 B.C., in the Bible, the believers were not called Christians until about 50 A.D. The first time they're called Christians is in chapter 11 of the book of Acts. Yet here in Alma chapter 46, the Americans are called Christians 73 years before Christ is even born. In 3 Nephi chapter 17, it teaches that leprosy occurred in America in 34 A.D. But no cases of leprosy are known here until 17. 58, after the arrival of the Europeans. In Mormon, chapter 9, verse 2, and other references teach that the Indians had official records, scrolls, and other writings. But historical research shows that the Indians kept no such records. Then we have teachings that appear to be strange or actually false here. For example, Alma, chapter 24, teaches that burying swords deep in the earth will keep them bright. But basic science proves that bearing swords and other steel objects only causes decay and rust. It does not keep them bright. Second Nephi chapter 13 verse 24 teaches that baldness, loss of hair, is caused by sin. Also several places in the Book of Mormon, Second Nephi chapter five, the Book of Jacob chapter three, Mormon chapter five, Alma chapter three, it states that Indians are cursed with dark skin by God and anyone who marries an Indian will be cursed. However, when Indians accept the Mormon teaching, they will become white and delightsome. This is stated in 2 Nephi chapter 30. Then we have some other internal contradictions. For example, 3 Nephi chapter 9 states that Jesus preached to the Nephites who fled Jerusalem in 600 B.C., Now, the Nephites are said to have written and spoken in the language of reformed Egyptian. Therefore, they would have no knowledge of Greek since Alexander, who lived in the 4th century, had not Hellenized the world yet. Yet, Jesus preaching to the non-Greek Nephites declared himself, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Well, this would not have made any sense to these people. Moreover, Joseph Smith and the Mormons claim the gold plates from which the Book of Mormon was translated had no Greek or Latin in them. However, Alpha and Omega are Greek terms, not Egyptian terms. Even stranger is that the French word adieu is used as a farewell in Jacob chapter 7, verse 27. So as you can see from our brief study and brief overview here of the Book of Mormon, from Joseph Smith's claims to have retrieved these golden plates from the angel Moroni, to his translation, to recent archeological studies, to the internal consistency of the Book of Mormon itself. When you look throughout this book, there are all kinds of serious issues that challenge the historical credibility of this book. And therefore, we should seriously question whether it is indeed a divine revelation from God or not if you look and examine the evidence objectively think you're going to conclude that this is indeed not a historical or a divinely inspired book but indeed this is a fabrication of this man Joseph Smith there is no evidence that supports the historical veracity or divine inspiration of the book of mormon you compare that to the bible The Bible is written by men who are confirmed to be prophets and apostles of God by their lives of integrity, by the confirmation that they were able to perform supernatural feats or miracles. They were confirmed by miracles or acts of God. Miracles over nature or some were confirmed by things like prophecy. And the things that they wrote were consistent with divine revelation. They do not contradict one another from Genesis to Revelation. And also its historical integrity is supported by the hundreds of archeological discoveries that uphold its historical nature. We have found coins, cities, plaques that confirm the events, people and places of the Bible. So the Bible has numerous supports of its divine inspiration and historical accuracy and the Book of Mormon does not. It appears that the Book of Mormon is more fiction than fact and I would challenge all of our Mormon friends to examine the evidence for the Book of Mormon and indeed I believe if you objectively look and carefully study the evidence that's there, you're going to have to conclude the Book of Mormon is indeed fiction. And not history. For more information on this topic, you can go to our website evidenceandanswers.org and listen to this full audio show or you can read our article there entitled Examining the Book of Mormon and you can read that article there as well and that will also point you to some other great websites and resources in which you can do more extensive research on Mormonism and the Book of Mormon and the evidence that supports biblical Christianity. That's a great resource for you there at evidenceandanswers.org. I hope you have enjoyed this series on Mormonism and and were challenged. If you are part of the Mormon Church, I hope you were challenged in the things that you heard. My intent is not here to unfairly criticize another religion, but to follow the exhortation given to us by Christ and the apostles. John writes in 1 John 4, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Scripture exhorts us to test the teachings to see whether they are indeed divinely inspired and whether they are true. Are they consistent with God's teaching according to His Word? So we challenge everyone out there to test the things that they hear with the Word of God and to examine the evidence to see if the evidence supports the claims by a particular organization and to seek the truth and follow the evidence wherever it leads, even if it's to conclusions you may not like. But that's the exhortation given to us by the biblical writers here. All of us are in a quest for truth. And in order to discover truth, we need to examine the evidence and see where the evidence takes us. And I believe if you carefully study the evidence, it will lead you to the truth revealed in God's Word, the Bible, and the true Jesus Christ revealed in the Bible. Thank you for joining me. I hope you'll join me each day here on Evidence and Answers as we continue to present compelling reasons for faith and hope in Jesus Christ. I look forward to being with you again.
0: We've run out of time here on Evidence and Answers. This concludes part two of Pat's study on the Book of Mormon. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. Log on to our website at evidenceandanswers.org. We have a wide variety of resources available for you. For the opportunities to donate and keep us on the air, Click on the Donate button on the lower right-hand side of our homepage. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions for more than 20 years. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online for more evidence and answers.